uh, you haven't, uh, we weren't here at the very beginning. My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors here at Mercy View and honored that you would be here tonight. We actually uh, have been in a series in the book of Romans and we just completed the very end of Romans 11. And then we moved into a, a short series on discipleship and um, we were supposed to enter into an Advent series tonight. But um, the Lord has orchestrated some stuff to um, give us the opportunity to hear from some folks that we have sent from our fellowship out to do kingdom work in other places in the world. And so we thought, we'll call an audible and um, actually call this something, we, we, this was just on the calendar like in the last couple of weeks, but we thought let's call this Mission Sunday because this is an opportunity for you, if, particularly if you are a, a giver here, to see how your giving is impacting the kingdom in places outside of Tulsa. And so we have the privilege tonight to have a couple uh, of dear friends, a few friends with us tonight, uh, Jim and Laura Campbell that are in from the UK and Ryan, Katie, and, and their family in from Albuquerque. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to take some time to uh, talk to them. And I want you to hear from them and uh, be encouraged by, by that. So I actually want to invite Jim and Laura uh, to come up at this point and take a spot up here on the stage. And uh, if you haven't seen them, Jim and Laura Campbell are here, guys. Let's give them a hand. Yeah. <clears throat> Have a seat. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, man. All right. Well, I have a question of Mercy View. All right, here you go. Ask. Can can we borrow your worship team and take them back to <laughs> England with us? Uh, that's very sweet of you. Yeah, thank you. We are very blessed for sure. Um, so Jim and, and Laura and I hung out a little bit today at one of our old haunts that we were at often uh, when they lived here in Tulsa. So I've had the privilege to just catch up with them a little bit. And so some of the questions I want to ask y'all um, come from that time. But before we do all of that, I would love, Jim, for you to share um, where you are, where that's located in the UK, and uh, just sort of high level what the work is that you guys are doing there. <laughs> Laura and I live in Oldham, uh, which is a borough of Manchester, Greater Manchester, in Northwest England. The community that we live in and the community that, uh, that our church, Oldham Bethel Church, sits in is about 80% Pakistani Muslim. Uh, but there's a large population of, of African and Asians that live in that community. So um, we, have, we have the nations in the area of Oldham. And then Laura has been given a unique opportunity. I'll let her share that. Yeah, so, so um, Laura and, and Jim um, have, have been there since two years. two years at this point, almost two years. And, um, and one of the coolest things that has taken place in their time there is what Laura's getting ready to tell you about. Laura, I, I'm assuming we're getting ready to talk about the opportunity with the school. Is that on your questions? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, 
I feel like we're like jumping the gun. <laughs> Do you want to ask questions? No, you're good. You're good. This is this is going to be. We're going to walk through some of this the things that that's happening. We are, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We've just been given a unique opportunity, and because of where the church sits, all of Oldham's not like that, but the area where the church is is like that. And um, in fact, in that one small area we're the only church now it's predominantly mosque that have taken residence in church former church buildings that are there but we began a friendship with a religious leader of one of the mosques and they have a school for islamic for girl islamic school for girls there and so we were invited in to teach there and just because the this man wants his girls exposed to Christians. Um, so we thought, yeah, we probably can do that. Um, so we just have had so many unique opportunities to um, share. Even last, uh, two weeks ago, as part of their religious class, they do religious education and look at all the religions of the world, but they wanted to come into the church. So we thought that would be fine them to come in there so we had about 35 girls come and um, our pastor was there as well and we just shared some of what we do on a Sunday uh, they actually listened to some testimonies of people we sang some worship songs um, they were baptism. yeah they we explained baptism and they watched a video of baptism and uh, it was just really a sweet, sweet time. Later in the week after, some of the girls came up to me and because on the church's website, there's testimonies of probably eight people and Jim and mine are up there and they came in and like, Miss Laura, we listened to your testimony. So that means they're going to the website of the church after the fact to, to look and to listen. And so we're just thrilled um, to have that opportunity those are those are just some of the things the lord's doing yeah so you guys are placed in an extremely diverse place right even the makeup of your church you were telling me is really interesting what was the breakdown again yeah the the white brits are in the minority um yeah. the majority of the believers that attend old and bethel are from iran uh they're persian believers and then we have several African families that, that attend. Um, so it's a, it's a unique setting. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the, um, the opportunities you have to teach English and, and the different nationalities that are a part of that group. That's mind-blowing to me. Yeah, our church offers an um, English class every Wednesday, uh, two classes, beginners and then intermediate. And Laura and I head up the intermediate class. And in our class, there's a, a gentleman from Bangladesh named Abu and uh, a gentleman from Tripoli, Libya, named Mustafa. Uh, there's a young lady, single mom from Eritrea, East Africa, uh, several ladies from Pakistan. And so it's, it's quite an interesting, because in the, re in the course of teaching English, we bring the gospel into the conversation of what we believe as American Christians. Yeah, yeah. Laura, another opportunity that, that you guys are involved in is the food, uh, what do you guys call that? Food 
club. Well, we did it as a, it was a community food outreach. Yeah. We, one of the ladies in our church um, works at a community center as well, and so they would have food every week and we, that they collected from grocery, local grocery stores, and we would just give that out to the community. Um, and then we needed something a little bit more stable, I guess is the word, so we have a food club. So it's sort of like when Mercy View used to do affordable Christmas, and people would pay a small amount and get a larger amount of stuff. That's what we do with food. So we've done that since October. Uh, we do that once a month, and um, it just we just marvel at the opportunities we have to welcome the nations. Um, and so at that last that Saturday in November that we did that, we had people from Sudan, people from Guatemala, which I know seems odd. A uh, man from Albania, people from Guinea-Bissau. It's just uh, some local Pakistani of our neighbors, and we're just always amazed at the diversity that we get to welcome and to talk to about Christ, and it, it's really quite delightful, yeah. actually. That's awesome. You were telling me today about, too, the work that Olden Bethel is doing themselves in church planting. Tell us about the two churches and where they're at. Uh, even though we're a small church by American standards, uh, we do support two church plants, one north of us in a community called Rushdale, Rushdale Evangelical Church, um, and then Spin Valley Evangelical Church. So these are two church plants, gospel witnesses in communities that have no gospel witness. Um, and also internationally, we, we support a couple of churches in Myanmar. Yeah, that's awesome. It just goes to show you, right, that, that uh, uh, it size, it, you know, doesn't necessarily determine your sending ability, right? And uh, that's uh, a great, great thing. Tell us a little bit just about what's difficult or what's challenging the, the, the spiritual climate that's there. I mean, you're talking about uh, a pretty heavy Muslim uh, influence in the area, but just the diversity alone, people coming from all over places in the, in the world, um, what, what's hard about that? Probably among the British uh, population, it is post-Christian uh, culture. Yeah. Um, very little interest in spiritual things. Um, among the Muslim community, um, they like to talk about spiritual things. So that's, that's a positive for us. Uh, in fact, we've learned that if, uh, if you're hanging out with a Muslim, you, you need to let them know up front where you stand. Mm. Um, otherwise, they look at you and say, what, are you ashamed of it? Mm. You know, you wait three or four months before you spring it. Oh, by the way, I'm a Christian. Uh, no, you, you, you speak it up front. And uh, they'll respect you for that. Uh, also, I've, I've never had a, a Muslim that I've asked if I could pray for refuse that. Mm. Never have. Uh, the difficulty, I suppose, uh, spiritually, is that there is uh, just a lot of strongholds in our community. I know, Ryan, you probably deal with some of that in New Mexico. But this is of a different variety, but it's still strongholds that push against the gospel. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what's hard. That's what's difficult. What's uh, an example of, of uh, 
an evidence of grace, maybe with a relationship with someone or a story that uh, has blessed you recently. Anything come to mind? Probably our friendship with Imam Shakir. Yeah, I was, I was hoping you would talk about that. Yeah, he is a, a gentleman from uh, Pakistan. He's from Karachi. Uh, Laura and I met him about three years ago over, over dinner. And during the course of the conversation, uh, he mentioned that he had lived in Malawi, Africa. And so I looked at Laura and she looked at me like, what, what did he just say? Because Laura and I have been to Malawi on three different occasions with uh, uh, some Baptist outreach from the state of Oklahoma. So Shocker knew where different places were that we'd been to. And, and it, was, it was amazing. So um, probably delightful and an evidence of grace is developing a close friendship with a Muslim imam. I mean, go figure. Yeah, yeah. You, you were telling today just about the openness, it seems, that, that he's willing to have in conversation about Christianity. Yeah, he's unique. Not, not every yeah. uh, Islamic imam yeah. is, is as open as Shocker. So he's comfortable hanging around with, with Christians and even having us over in his home and his uh, lovely wife, Azia, fixing uh, a Pakistani dish, uh, biryani Ooh, for us. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's been delightful, just to, just to watch what God is doing in, in that family's life. Well, with just a few minutes we have left here, I, I know there's some here in our church body that are praying through and considering a call to global mission, um, you know, trusting the Lord on his time and his, his uh, will for that. But uh, what would be a word of encouragement that you would want to give um, those here, even tonight, that are thinking about that? First on the list, if you're considering uh, serving the Lord cross-culturally, Take perspectives. Find out where it's being taught and where it's being offered and sign up and take it. That particular course changed my life. Yeah. T tell, uh, Laura, tell us about what that is. What is perspectives? Oh, perspectives is a 12, 13 week missions class, um, but it goes through the historical, well, biblical and then historical and then how, how you can actually apply that strategic. Oh. Um, options in that but but i would say too if there's anyone here that is considering going come hang out with us uh, especially if you have a desire for muslim evangelism come come see what it's like to live in a i mean when i say when we say pakistani community we mean pakistani dress and language and food and culture come hang out with us yeah um, yeah just just to be have your feet on the ground and to ask yourself the question is is this for me yeah, yeah. and and I would just add to that that um, as a part of our particular focus missionally as a church Jim and Laura um, have stepped into um, a particular part of that and and if you haven't heard us say this um, Glad we're able to say it tonight, but we really feel that the Lord is calling us to send people from Mercy View to immigrant recipient cities um, to see the gospel made known in those places. And Jim and Laura have stepped into that very kind of place in, in Oldham. 
And so as you are praying and thinking about where the Lord may be leading you, if you're thinking about Global Mission, what Laura and Jim just said are, are great, a great couple of things to consider to help explore and to confirm the call. And we're trusting that if that's part of the slice of the Great Commission that the Lord has given us, that he might call some of you to the same kinds of context, if not the very same context, because that's where the Lord is starting to um, use Jim and Laura there and, and, and joining with Old and Bethel in the work that they're doing. Last question, one for each of you. What is one thing that we can be praying for you uh, about? I pondered that. Uh, Brad gave me a heads up this morning. Uh, I, I pondered that during the day, and probably what would be of the greatest delight for me and Laura, I would imagine, would be the conversion of Shocker and his lovely wife, Asia that they would realize who the Lord Jesus is, that they would see him in all of his glory and all of his majesty, that he's not just a prophet, but he's also savior. Mm. And that uh, he would turn his back on Islam. I know that's asking a huge thing, but that's nothing, is anything too difficult for the Lord. Right. Um, so his, his conversion, that he would come to faith. Yeah. Laura? Yeah, I think similarly, the church for years has um, sown seeds of the gospel in the community and asylum seekers that have come through the church, become believers and then gone off to other places. But um, so I would say that as we sow seed, as we water seed, that we know that God is who gives the increase. Um, we can do nothing about that. It's, it's God alone that does that. And so we really, um, I mean, we love our neighbors. Like that's the that's the law, right? That's the summary of the law: to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and then your neighbor as yourself. And um, they're delightful people. They don't know Christ, and that's our desire: is that God would reveal to them, however He would choose to do that, whether it be dreams and visions, which is uh, great a great way for that to happen, but that they would start to see that we're not nice people because we're nice people. We're nice people because of Christ and that that witness would be um, for him. Um, and the last song that we sang, as you said, is like, um, that's take our lives and take our hands and our feet and our mouth and our will and yeah. make them his. Thanks, guys. Well, on behalf of Mercy View, we just want to say to you all how much we love you and are grateful for you and um, so honored to be partnered with you in this work that you're doing in a very difficult place, but uh, we know the Lord is with you. So um, I'm going to pray for them and I'm going to ask you to do something. I don't know if we've ever done this. I want you to just kind of reach your hand out towards Jim and Laura just as a way to agree in prayer. Um, if you're uncomfortable, you, you don't have to do that. But, but if you are comfortable doing that, just reach out as a way to say uh, you're going to agree with me in prayer as I, I pray over our friends here. Let's do that together. Heavenly Father, we love Jim and Laura. We are so honored to have them here in our fellowship. It is such a pleasure, such a joy uh, to, to be with them in the flesh. We love them dearly. And Lord, we, we pray that they would feel that love tonight, that they would feel that they are... Um, that they are loved. Lord, we ask um, that you would meet the, the very needs that they have just shared 
um, with your power and with your might and with your grace. We pray for this friend, this imam and his, uh, his uh, wife and family. We, Lord, Lord, we know that it is a difficult decision to follow you moving away from, from Islam to Christianity, but we pray that you would give uh, just, in, again, in your time and in your way, uh, the, the, the work of the Spirit in their lives um, to bring about a transformation that would bring them from um, a, a faith in something that um, is, is crushing to faith in you, which is freeing. We pray, Lord, for that particular relationship. And Lord, we just pray for all of the relationships that Jim and Laura engaged in, all the ways that they are um, pouring themselves out as a drink offering for you. We thank you, Lord, for the strength that you give them, the courage that you give them. We pray that you would give them an extra measure of that in this next season of ministry. And as they have opportunities to share the good news of the gospel with those that they are in relationship with, we pray that those seeds are planted and watered. And Lord, if you would see um, to it that those, those lives would come to know you, those, those lives, those souls would be harvested into your kingdom. And I know, Lord, we, we need to pray for more laborers to come alongside the, the faithful men and women that are serving at Old and Bethel. We pray you would raise up folks from within the church, but also, Lord, continue to bring folks like Jim and Laura into their fellowship to partner together in the gospel for your glory. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Mercy for you. Yeah. I haven't seen this guy for a few months, so if you'll um, oblige me, I'm going to give him a hug. But um, this is Ryan. Hey, buddy. Good to see you. Love you, man. Unless you're really, really new, you should still remember this bearded man. Um, this is Ryan Hoyt. Ryan served us for many, many years. He was our first intern back, I don't know, like 2011. Uh, long time uh, together, working together here, friendship, and um, this May, is that correct? Is it, is it June? Okay. This past June, we sent Ryan and his family to a new work in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And so, Ryan, why don't we do the same thing we did in Jim and Laura? Tell us where you're at, what's happening, the name of the church, and, and kind of the work that's there, what, what's going on. Yeah, so we are in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, the name of the church uh, right now is called Albuquerque Church. Um, it is every bit of a church plant. Um, it, it's been functioning a little bit longer than we've been there, um, but we got there in June and it was like, oh good, you're here. Make everything happen. And so, um, as Brad said, I was here at Mercy View at the, from the jump, and so by God's grace, I've got a little bit of context for like getting things together a little bit. And so that's been some of our early work there is trying to get on the same page, get some systems together, um, and, and move in a coherent direction. Yeah. So something you said in your newsletter that you just sent out to, to many of your supporters was you uh, many times feel like you're on the edge of the world. Tell us what you meant by that. That's interesting. Yeah, so my favorite like physical view of Albuquerque is if you look west from the Sandia Mountains, which are there in the east, or if you're coming down I-40 into the city, 
you can see the, the city lights and like the, the outskirts, right, kind of nestled in the mountains, between the mountains and the Rio Grande. But then after that, there's nothing. Like it is the desert. There is a mountain that's like 80 miles away that you can see as clear as day. There's just nothing out there. Um, and so if you look south, it's the same. If you look north, there's big oh. mountains up there. But it feels remote. Um, it feels isolated in some ways, uh, oh. geographically, but then even as we've, I've talked to a lot of people, people in the church, people outside of the church since we've been there, and there is a sense, I get the sense that um, there's an isolation and sort of a malaise that is over the city that makes it feel pretty foreign and pretty on like the edge of the world. Yeah, which which kind of touches on the next question. We've talked a little bit about this um, you have said that the spiritual climate in Albuquerque is very different than the spiritual climate here. We just heard Jim and Laura talk about the uniqueness of theirs. I think it's so interesting. I think it'd be really helpful for them to hear about the kind of spiritual context that you find yourself in. What are you learning? So I think, I think Albuquerque, New Mexico more broadly, Albuquerque specifically, is a, is a really pluralistic place, meaning that there's all kinds of options for belief. So some of those are there's a there's sort of an underpinning of Catholicism that's very, very prevalent. If you talk to anybody, they're Catholic, and that could mean a wide variety of things. It could mean that they're practicing. It could mean that their parents were. It could mean that they haven't been to Mass in whatever, a long, long time. So there's, there's that. Um, there is some New Age kind of uh, spiritualism that's around a little bit. There's the ongoing march of secularization that's happening here. It's happening everywhere. Um, um, and then even in terms of sort of the evangelical churches in the city, there's a really interesting cross-section where um, a lot of them, a lot of the people that I've talked to, they, um, they have a very, I, I would call, a very flat view of God. It's a very one-dimensional God is something like a taskmaster who's waiting for me to mess up and then he's going to get me. That's a crass way of putting it. Um, but essentially, after conversation after conversation that I've had with people, I have come to the point of, of knowing that some of our primary work is to actually go back in people's understandings and some of their presuppositions about God and actually show them the beauty of Christ, the beauty of who Jesus is, the beauty of the Father, so that we can start from a new square one to move forward. How is the family? How's Katie? How the kids? How are you guys settling in to Albuquerque? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's a big transition, but we're excited. I mean, we it's a it's a fun place for us to be. We're outside a lot. Um, God is gracious, and He's provided um, some kind of fast relationships, fast friends for Katie and for the boys, and so we're we're really encouraged by that. Um, I think we're at a point where we're transitioned, like we can right. actually put an ED on the end of it and <laughs> okay. get on with it. So, yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're happy and excited about what God's doing. So Albuquerque Church uh, was started right before COVID yeah. um, with three elders, and um, the plan was to bring in someone right all along. You were that man, ultimately, that the Lord brought. And so you've kind of come into and inherited uh, this church, and uh, I'm, I'm sure you're experiencing some, some unique challenges because of the season that you're in. And, and uh, so, so what's challenging? What's difficult right now? What would you say are like one or two of the things that um, 
you're really focused on right now? One of them probably is what you just said, right? Helping people see the beauty of Christ, right? Yeah, so I think like there's like a whole bunch of practical things. Like yeah. if you've never been in a church plant before, like you show up here and everything's done and you think like, oh, isn't it so nice that everything's done? But if you haven't been a part of a, of a brand new plant before, you don't really realize that somebody did that. <laughs> like, somebody has <laughs> somebody put it together and somebody showed up and put the communion out and all that, all that kind of stuff and got everything ready and so there's like really practical things that that are can be challenging and frustrating but that's i mean that's 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 neither here nor there i, I think the our our biggest challenge in our church right now and I, I mentioned this in the newsletter is developing what i'm calling a gospel culture where people have a view of Jesus that's compelling. They see him for who he is, his beauty, how he treats people, how he's interacting with the disciples through the gospel accounts, how he's treating sinners, what he's actually like that actually compels holiness, like we talked about in Leviticus earlier, or that compels obedience, or that compels life in the church, or that compels discipleship, or that compels the Christian life. Not, I'm just going to do this myself because I'm self-sufficient and I'm an upper-middle-class American, but because I see the beauty of Christ. And he changes me. And he gets inside of my skin and I'm a new creation. And that, I think that we, you know, we start, we're starting to see some of that. We're starting to see some of that fruit um, in people's lives where there's light bulb moments where people are like, I never thought about that before. Oh, you know? That's exciting. So we're, yeah, so we're excited about that. I, you know, I think that's an ongoing program. It's an ongoing you know, challenge. I mean, if you've been a part of this church, you benefit from a gospel culture that you and me and others, Jim and Laura, have fought to maintain over the years. And so establishing that for us in the, uh, in the early days here is really important. Yeah. We need to pray towards that end. Um, you're preaching. You're the primary preacher. So you're doing what you just said through the, the work of preaching and teaching. Um, what are some other things, other ways that you guys are, are gathering to do that work as well? Yeah, so exciting. We're, we've This month in November, we started our first gospel community. Um, and so we're, I'm excited about that. I, I oversaw the gospel communities here for a long time. And so um, I know that for a Christian to actually walk with the Lord and to actually um, live life in the church the way the New Testament shows us, We've got to be together, period, end of, end of the story. We've got to be together. We've got to figure out ways to make that happen. And so the small group space is a really important space for that. And if you've been a part of a small group, you know they can get weird. Uh, they, can, they, can, they can kind of stall out, but they don't have to. Uh, and so I'm excited to be starting this first one. We probably already need another one, which is a, a great problem to have. Yeah. So um, we'll be doing some apprenticing and that kind of stuff here in the next little while. But those from the, from the pulpit and through liturgy on Sundays, uh, in the small group mm -hmm. space, in individual discipleship space, we're going to be starting that in like a formal way here yeah. in, the, in the next, I don't know, four yeah. or five months. You just said something interesting that um, we, we probably are tempted uh, to take for granted, even myself included, um, when we think about the idea of gospel culture, you actually used a phrase, fighting for it. And, and what Ryan means by that is, is, uh, is protecting it, right? Uh, there's a, a culture that we want to see uh, lived out in the individual lives in a, in a church community, and then that makes up 
as Ray Ortland talks about in his little book on the gospel, uh, a church uh, culture that is uh, giving that gospel uh, away. And, and I, you just need to um, be encouraged that um, uh, Ryan, and I actually think Ryan, Jim and Laura that were just up here, and many, many others that have been with us for a long time have done a phenomenal job at helping our church uh, do that very thing. And so we need to be praying for Ryan, Katie, and the elders at, at, at Albuquerque Church, and as other leaders rise up, that they grab that, that vision because it's powerful, right? It is, it is powerful. Um, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about just what are some things that you need us to pray for you on, maybe a couple ideas, what comes to mind. So, I, yeah, I think um, some of the, I, I was talking to Floyd yesterday, yeah. and we, we talked about this a little bit. I think one of the things that we need, and we, I, would, I would love for you to pray, is uh, that God would provide uh, people to do some administrative work. <laughs> <laughs> Administration, I mean, yes. It seems like a really pragmatic thing, but, um, you know, God is at work through those details. And yeah. so I, I think that's one. I think that. I think another and perhaps a little more pressing would be um, we have we have a handful of people um, that are either uh, new to the faith, like in the last year, or kind of checking it out, or had had been Catholic at some point, and now we're looking at the church again. And there are so many distractions, yeah. so many things get in the way. Jim mentioned the idea of strongholds. Yeah. I think I think that there's great opposition mm. to people coming to faith yeah. and to seeing Jesus for who he is. And so there's a handful of faces just kind of in my head that mm. people who've been around, we've had some conversation with who are either in and are brand new and like need the church to actually disciple them and yeah. love them and care for them. Um, mm. And some who are maybe a little skeptical and maybe a little mm. suspicious, but but have maybe just an inkling of, oh, if this is who Jesus is, mm. and, it's, and the Christian faith is not a list of rules, don't do this, do this. If it's actually about Jesus, mm -hmm. um, they're kind of like investigating, maybe sticking their big toe in the water. Right. Um, but, that's, but that is a, um, a there's a conflict yeah. surrounding that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so that the, the God would, would, would either push against those, those forces yeah. of, of opposition yeah. In those people's lives, that, that people in the church would be able to move toward yeah. those people, all of those yeah, things. Yeah, amen, amen. How are Corbett and Connor doing? Yeah. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're doing well. Yeah. I mean, transitions are difficult. Sure, sure. They're difficult, and uh, I, think, I think Corbett, more than the other, me and Katie and, and Connor has felt some of that transition angst a little bit more. Sure, so you can be sure. praying for them yeah, yeah. to that end. But he is actually, after... Now we've been there maybe five months. They've been there about five months. So after three or four months, he stepped into being our worship leader, um, yeah. which I, I'm really grateful for him. And, and yeah. so we're meeting together all the time and, and discipling. I'm discipling him, and then we're and we're talking shop. Yeah, worship um, shop. And wanting to you know move from where we are and to move to a specific place where worship is something that actually helps us see Jesus. Amen. Helps yeah. us see Jesus, and so. I'm excited about that. They are uh, deeply invested already, and I'm, awesome. and I'm grateful for them. Yeah. I'm grateful for their faith. Mm. Um, there, there's been a handful of people who have said either to me about them or just said to them, why would you come here? <laughs> you know? yeah. why would, like, 
why would you come here? Mm. And, um, and so it's a great opportunity for them and for me, whoever they ask, to say, like, well, this is what actually stepping out in faith, mm. getting out of the boat, walking with, with, with Jesus out on the edge, this is what it looks like. Mm. And as a Christian, not, a, not necessarily a pastor or church planner, mm-hmm. but as a Christian, yeah. God has called us to do that and to be a part of that work. And so they're, they're excited about that, and um, we're grateful to have them for sure. Yeah. Corbett and Connor Moore is who we're talking about. They, Corbett was a worship leader with us for many, many years. Um, and, and this is a major confirmation really for, honestly, Ryan, you and Katie and your family that they would leave here to go and join you in the work there. Um, it's a great testament to you and your faithfulness. Let's do what we did for Jim and Laura just for a moment. If you wouldn't mind reaching your hands out towards Ryan as I pray. And we'll ask the Lord to meet the needs that he just shared. Lord, we love Ryan and Katie and the boys. We are so honored to have them with us again tonight. And we, um, we just thank you for getting to see their faces. And we, uh, we miss them. And, uh, but we're grateful, Lord, that you have placed them in a, um, a, a spot in the world that is in desperate need of gospel renewal. And I believe, we believe as a church, as we sent the Hoyts and the Moors, that they are uniquely positioned to be those gospel heralds. And we ask, Lord, that you would continue to strengthen, that you would continue to give courage, that you would continue to give capacity, that you would um, use the Hoyts and the Moors mightily in a place that is, it needs hope. And um, Lord, we, we lift up particularly the, the church itself and this stage they're in and all the practical needs that exist there, Lord. We ask humbly that you would raise men and women up to meet those needs. We pray that there is someone in that body who has the gift of helps, the spiritual gift of helps that would be um, ready and able to step in to help do the work of administration. That's an important part of a, of a local church. Lord, we, we ask that you would uh, be with these relationships with new believers. Um, Lord, we pray that, 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 that we would, we pray for both things that Ryan asked for prayer on that, that Lord, in their lives, that you would push back the darkness that surrounds them or is even in them. Um, Lord, free them up to feel at home at Albuquerque Church. And we pray that um, the people of Albuquerque Church would, would welcome and love these folks uh, more deeply into the kingdom of God. Um, and, and we pray that that would be a, a distinctive and a mark of Albuquerque Church moving forward. It's a place for seekers, for doubters, for skeptics to find a home in Jesus. Lord, we love them and, and uh, we are just asking for you to do a great work um, in and through the, the people of Albuquerque Church for the sake of your kingdom and for your glory. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. We love you guys.